Blessed. The Story of Jacob. The title of the message is Be Blessed that fulfills your needs in your daily life. I wanna, we're on a series about Jacob of the Old Testament. And I want to start with an amazing picture here because everybody has a fridge, right? A fridge. This is international. When you're going to certain families, on the fridge are different, uh, for example, like a wedding invitation, it's already gone, well, like one year ago. Somebody sent you a card, uh, congratulations for your new house. You, 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 you had a shower or a bath with your boy for the very first time. This is a Christmas card. This is something as well. There's just a lot of things happened already in the past. This is like the past. And on this side, I like this a little bit more. I love Hamburg, and Matterhorn, Maladives, America, Istanbul, um, Berlin, uh, just nice place. I was by a family, and they had some postcards from all over the world. And I asked them, have you already been there? They said, no. I said, why do you have this on your fridge? They said, every day we look at these postcards and we say, one day we will visit all these nice, beautiful places. This is the future, and this is the past. This is the past, and this is the future. And then you have certain words. In every good fridge, you have words like, you can play with them, you can write words. I want to write you now an important word for the message. It's the nowhere. We like the nowhere, right? Because nowhere means we are in the nowhere. Nowhere. Cool. This is the past. This is the future. And where will God meet you? Always in the nowhere. Always in the nowhere. There are three blessing stages in the life of Jacob. I want to teach you about that. The first blessing stage is chase after the blessing. Jacob was chasing. He was chasing. He said, if I have the birthright from my brother, that means the double of the money, of the house, of the cows, if I have the double blessing, I will be happy. He chased after the blessing of his father. If I have the blessing of the father, I am happy. One day, he saw a beautiful girl. Her name was Rachel. And he saw Rachel and he asked Laban, the, the uncle, can I have her? Laban said, work seven years for her. Then you can have her. Seven years. Then was the wedding day. She was very, very nice dressed. He opened the wedding dress. And under the wedding dress was that Rachel was Leah. The Bible says Leah was ugly. The uncle betrayed him. And here's the deal. Jacob means betrayer. What you sow, you will reap one day. He betrayed it, and he was betrayed as well. He said, oh, you betrayed me. This is not Rachel. This is the ugly Leah. He said, okay, work another seven years for Leah, then you can have her. That's why Jacob had two women, wives. Have you ever worked 14 years for your wife? There's nobody in this room you worked so hard 14 years. Usually you're working one month, and you have the girl, the boy of your life, right? 
14 years. But here's the deal. Jacob was always chasing. Chasing means I don't like my past, but I'm looking for the future. And we always focus in something. If I have that, then I will be really, really happy. Some people say, if I have more money, I am happy. If I have a house, I am happy. If I have kids, I am happy. Then you have kids and say, if my kids are leaving, then I'm happy again. All this chasing. Don't chase after a blessing. Chase always after a person who is the blessing. Don't chase about the creation. Chase about the creator. It's a person. Don't chase about the position. Chase a person. Don't chase power. Chase the presence of God. The question is not how much I own. The question is who owns you. It's not a question how much you own. The question is who owns you. Chasing is not a real smart thing in life because it will never happy. You will never satisfy. We know that. That's why we're going to point number two. Discover the blessing. Start to discover the blessing, the person of God. And let's start with the story of today. It's about a cartoon and then we want to go to this Bible verse, verse by verse, and we learn some keys for our daily lives. Jacob had to flee from his brother Esau as he had wrangled his inheritance and blessing out of him. In his flight, he lay himself to sleep somewhere in the middle of nowhere. At night, in his dream, he saw a big heavenly ladder on which the angels were climbing up and down. God spoke to him. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will never abandon you. Here we have another exceptional blessing for our Jacob. Despite this, he had the audacity to bargain with God. If he is with him and watches over him, then the Lord will really be his God. Wow. They start to discover the blessing. I want to start with this Bible verse in Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 and 11a. Jacob left Beersheba. This fridge stands for Beersheba. This is your past, right? And set out for Haran. This fridge is Haran, the future. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the, right, for the night because the sun had set. And I read between Beersheba and Haran, there are 600 kilometers. That's an amazing distance. Of course, if you fly a lot, this is about a one-hour flight. You're going up, drink a coffee, you go down. If you have an e-bike, a fast e-bike, it's a one-day journey. But in those days, no plane, no e-bike, just you walked. And here's the picture, you walked step by step, another step, step 
Oh, my step, oh, step by step, another step, step, step by step. It's boring, right? You know why, why a lot of people that don't hike? Because it's boring, it's mundane, it's step by step. And let's go into the situation for a moment. And here's the key of the message, because the 600 kilometers from the past to the future, there are certain words attached. Do you feel it? Is this exciting? No. It's boring. Haran Beshriba, it's past. I head into Haran. This is exciting. But the way there, it's boring. And here is an amazing Bible verse in Genesis chapter 28, verse 11. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. Is this a comfortable bed? This is in the nowhere, an uncomfortable bed. And sometimes between the Beersheba and the Haran, here is the daily life. We are not in the past, but we are not in the future. We are right now here. And in our daily lives, sometimes it's so hard. And this rock has a name. Everyday life. You know what I mean. Every day we have to cook, it's boring. Every day the same way to work, it's boring. Every day the same work, it's boring. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Thanks God it's Friday. It's boring, it's flipping boring. Haran is the past, but we believe if we are in Haran, we are excited. But life is always here in everyday life. I had an amazing discussion yesterday with my oldest son. He said to me, Daddy, because in our house everybody has a job to do. He said, Daddy, I don't like to clean the restroom. I said, why? It's ugly. It stinks. It's dirty. Why should I clean the, the restroom? We could hire somebody to clean the restroom. I said, yes, of course, we could hire but there's always in life certain things we have to do in an everyday life. It's boring, it's mundane, we don't like it. But where is the presence of God? The presence of God is in the nowhere. It's not in the Beersheba, it's not in Haran, it's in the everyday life. There is the presence of God. Because God is saying in verse 15 to Jacob, I am with you in your nowhere, in your everyday life. 
I will watch over you in the nowhere, in the everyday life. Wherever you go, in the nowhere, in the everyday. And I will bring you back to the land in the nowhere, in the everyday. I will not leave you in the nowhere, in the everyday, until you have done what I've promised you in the nowhere, in the everyday. This is the promise of God because we have a lot of families in our church and a lot of women, they have to change the diaper. After 100 times you change the diaper, diaper number 101, it's still boring, still stings. Every day, here is the presence of God. In verse 16, when Jacob woke from the sleep, from the very heavy, uncomfortable stone, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. I thought God is in the Beersheba, God is Haran, but I had no clue that God is here in this flipping stone. The most people, we're looking for something. If I have a church gathering, a small group, whatever, the presence of God is there. But what's about your daily life? Monday morning, the same working way, in the train. Is there God? The presence of God is there. So many times we forgot that. Verse 17 and 19. How awesome is this place. How awesome is this to clean the restroom? How awesome is this to change the diaper of your kids? How awesome is to do the same work every day? How awesome is this? Is this awesome? The most people say, no, that's not awesome. Awesome is a dream who's bigger than my circumstances. This is Haran, a place. Look, Leo, Haiti, Maladives. That's awesome. This is boring. Is God there? No. He is here. Here? Now. Goes on. Um, this is non, non, non other then the house of God in this gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it as a, up as a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called the place Bethel, house of God. Though the city used to be called Luz. Luz. This is your Luz. Cleaning the toilet. Luz. Working, lose. Changing diapers, lose, lose, lose. What is your lose? Our everyday life has a, has a name. Lose comes actually from loser will. What is your lose? And a lot of people, they are not aware that in the lose, it's the presence of God. But Jacob changed loose into Bethel, house of God. That means when you change the diaper, you change the house of God diapers. Diapers. If you clean the restroom, you clean the house of God restroom. This is the attitude. If you cook, you cook the house of God food for your house. 
It's the attitude, let's change our daily life into the house of God, the presence of God. This is a gateway to heaven. Here on this place, I can meet God. But in our minds, we always in Haran. It's a picture, an idol, something you want to have, but God is in your Bethel. That's the house of God. In verse 35, Genesis chapter, uh, verse 1, Then God said to Jacob, Go up to Bethel and settle there, and build an altar there for God, who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. That means build an altar in your life. This could be a picture. This could be an illustration. Put somewhere in your house a stone, an altar, where you ever remind yourself, in my everyday, when it's mundane, God is here now in my nowhere. I want to close with three practical steps how we can cultivate the blessing in your daily life. This is the question. How can I cultivate the blessing in your daily life? The first thing is just build an altar in your house. As I said to you, this could be a picture, an illustration, something where you go every day in your life. You remember. That's the first thing you have to remember. Remembrance. Genesis chapter 35, verse 3. Then come, let us go up to Bethel, where I will build an altar to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and who has been with me wherever I have gone. Build God an altar. This is the first thing where you go every day. You go to the altar and you remind yourself about the greatness of God. Because in the everyday life, it's boring, it's mundane. And so many times you have the feeling, God is not here. If I serve the Lord, if I do church, right now I'm happy. Because you're looking awesome. You're excited. You receive the word of God. You're sitting there. You're writing down. You learn a lot of the message. I can feel it. I can see it. Right now, I love it. Because it's exciting. But tomorrow morning, when you're gone, I'm alone. It's my everyday life. It's not the same. But God is there Monday morning when I get up. Nobody's around. Sometimes I feel, oh, it's Monday again. I could say, yes, it's Monday again. Or I could say, yes, it's Monday again. In my Monday, I build God an altar where I remind myself God is here. Sometimes, and here's the deal, we are not in the past anymore. We are not in the future anymore. Sometimes we are between. The same thing like Noah when he was in the ark for 150 days, the Bible says Noah and his family were drifting. It's the word drifting. They drifted day by day for 150 days. If you have kids, you have a long journey with your car. Your kids will ask you the question, Daddy, are we there yet? Daddy, how long are we there yet? After 100 days, Noah asked God, how long? Are we there yet? The answer of God to Noah was, remember. Remember the promise I gave you. It's the same word like to Jacob. Remember my promises. When you woke up and you do your daily life things, remember that God is with you in your presence 
It's an open gateway to God. I want to tell you a story. And um, the, the, the problem is when we leave our altar, when we leave our daily remembrance to God, it's very dangerous because the devil sneaks in as a snake and he tells you things in your brain that is not true. The last week, I started to worry a little bit about our coming home project because we have to raise 4.9 million. That's a lot of Swiss francs. And you have to understand, uh, now comes summer. And a lot of people, they're going on summer break, and after summer, usually they don't have money anymore. Then comes the, the fall vacation. And I start to worry a little bit. And I say, God, I, I know my church. I know the people. I know the statistics and everything. This is really rough and tough to raise the 4.9 million. My job is to believe. My job is to encourage people. But in the end, it's not in my hand. I start to worry for two days. I have to be honest. You know why? I left my altar. I left my baffle. I, I changed Bethel into lose, worry. I preached in a church, and after the, mass, the, the evening was over, there comes a young guy. He, he, he doesn't know me. He has no clue about my situation, about my life. He said, Pastor Leo, I have a word from God for you, and it's not my style to speak to people, but God gave me a strong word, a clear word. I never had a word like that before. Say, so, okay, okay, shoot it. He said, the last two years you have gone through a really hard and tough time. Is this true? I said, yes. Two years ago we left another building and since two years we moved last year to the cinema and we had to reduce a lot of things because you have to set up on a Sunday, on a Friday. It's a lot of work and a lot of tension. And when we moved back here to the Mark building, they renewed, restored, renewed everything but it's not more beautiful than, than before. It's even ugly. We pay a lot, but it's ugly. And our children ministry, it's, it's a nightmare, right? Nobody's happy. And I said, there is so much pressure on me because we came back from the cinema. We knew they re re renew everything and it would be nice. And the first Sunday when we were here, the, the, the sound was awful. I preached like an echo. Hello, 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 hello. Praise the Lord. Hello, 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 hello. The first four Sundays. It was a nightmare. He said, Leo, in the end of the year, something will happen in your church. And I don't know what will happen, but in, by the end of the year, and by the end of the year, he had no clue. We will move into the event park to the new building. He had no clue what he's talking about. He said, in the end of the year, your church is like you're pushing a button and your church will grow fast. On, on, in size, but you will plant churches in a speed like never before. And you, will, you have a lot of tears. You cried a lot the last two years, more than ever before. But in the end of the years, it will turn into tears of joy. And then he asked me, does it make sense? And I start to cry. And then he said to me, Leo, God is only doing those kind of things. Because when you're building a big house, you lay a big foundation. And the last two years, only those people are here, they're committed for the church because they have to move too many times. They're not coming because the children ministry is nice or the building is nice. They come because they love Jesus, they have a vision for the heart. That means God has tested your foundation and your foundation is so strong that God now is able to build a big, huge, amazing house. 
And you will look back and you will be thankful for the last two years. There were two things in this story. First of all, I was ashamed because I left my altar. For two days, I left my Bethel, just a little bit like this. And this is enough that the devil sneaks in and starts to tempt you. He knows exactly your weaknesses. But the good thing is God brings us back all the time to Bethel. God is saying to Jacob, go back to Bethel. Build an altar. An altar is a place where I meet God, where I pray with God, where I start to visioning with God. This is a place where heaven is open. And God is saying to Jacob, go back to Bethel. A certain people, you have to go back to Bethel. You have to go back to the place in your nowhere where you met God for the very first time. Point number two is thankfulness. Uh, verse 10, I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan. Let's pause for a moment. A lot of people in this room look back many, many years back in your life. Yet only a staff, you and Jesus. And now some people you married. Some people, you have kids. Some people, they have their own company. Some people, they ha are able to study. Some people, they met new friends. You came maybe empty from another nation, but now you met friends. You have a family. You are not only with the staff anymore. And he's saying, but now I have become two camps. Look back in your life and just check out how much God has blessed you. The altar is not only a place of remembrance, it's also a place of thankfulness. I'm so thankful about everything that God has given to me. The point number three is expectation. When you are have an altar, you baffle. When you are thankful, the third thing is expect signs and miracles in your life. God spoke to me in a really, really amazing way. He said to me, Leo, a lot of people, they're seeking for something new. For example, if you have a wife or a husband, a family, a church, a small group, whatever, after a while, you get bored, right? And if you're bored, you want to have, again, something new. A new wife, a new family, new kids, a new church, a new small group, whatever new. And here's the point. You don't need something new. You need something fresh. Because in the Old Testament, God gave every day the manna bread. The manna bread from heaven. You could not collect the manna bread so much for tomorrow... You could, not, you could not have the manna bread. The manna bread from yesterday was, uh, um, was old. You could not eat it. And you've collected too much manna bread. You could not eat for tomorrow. The manna bread was fresh for every day. And that's the message of God. When you build the altar, remembrance, you be thankful to God, you have a certain expectation. Make me fresh. 
Give me a fresh relationship with Jesus, with my wife, husband, kids, small group, church, whatever. We need a freshness from God. God has anointed us with the Holy Spirit. He put oil on the rock. Oil stands for the Holy Spirit. We are baptized once. We could speak in tongues and whatever. We anointed with the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says we are renewed with the Holy Spirit all the times. Renewal means we're getting fresh every day, fresh in the Holy Spirit. Every morning when I wake up, I say, Holy Spirit, here I am. My name is Leo Baker. Always say to him who I am. Because it's easier for God to know who speaks with him. Say, Holy Spirit, here I am. Use me, guide me, anoint me, lead me. You know what's happened? I want to show you a small clip. Because when you have not a big expectation, we are stuck in our circumstances. Last week, I was worried about money. And here is a clip about the money. If I worry about money, here, my whole focus is about my problem. Remembrance means God is my provider. Thankfulness means he will take care from me. Expectation means I open my eyes. And babble means assume away from my problems. Look what happens. The world is bigger than my issues. <laughs> the world is bigger than my problems. I'm surrounded with houses, cars, and you're zooming away from your own problems. And that's your freshness starts. You understand that? Sometimes we get too close about our issues. Zoom away. Baffle means I zoom away from my own life. I want to close with a Christmas Bible verse, but I love it. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. The virgin was conceived and gave birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Where is God in your everyday life? Where is God? In your nowhere. But the nowhere, please take attention. You can change the nowhere in He is now here. He is now here. When you change the diaper, He is now here. At your work, He is now here. Where is God? Only in the now. Not in your past, not in the future. He is now here. There's a song. He is now here. He is now here. He is now here. He is now here. Where is God? In lose. Where you build God an altar, He is here.